events, and this is Applying God's Word, a Bible teaching podcast to encourage you as you walk with the Lord. This is episode 32, titled, Be Anxious for Nothing. Our main text today is Matthew 6, verses 25 through 34. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap, or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothed the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or, what shall we drink? Or, what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Wouldn't it be great if you and I could reach the point where worry and anxiety never kept us awake at night or jolted us by day with media headlines which leave us fatigued of body or distraught of mind which haunt our attitudes and activities? How much of the misery in your life is due to the fears that hound, the troubles that plague and will not go away? How many of our physical ills are rooted here? How many mistakes we make in business or relationship because we are hounded by some apprehension, some self-absorption, some lack of clarity of mind? We have recently entered a period in our history in which larger sources of stress have come. The COVID-19 pandemic, social unrest, acts of terror, a falling away from the faith, rumors of wars, and the like. I can say that the anxiety and fear endemic at all levels of our society do represent a threat to wise and prudent attitude and action, and most of it is irrational fear. Wouldn't it be well if we could get to the point where we diminish anxiety enough so that we can live wisely and thoughtfully no matter the decisions we face, calm and confident whatever the challenges before us. The Old Testament echoes with calls. Do not be afraid. Whom shall I fear? I will fear no evil. These are the most characteristic words of Jesus. Fear not. Have no anxiety. Let your heart not be troubled. And the Apostle Paul is no different. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. 
The Bible makes it clear that worry is wrong because it shuts God out of the loop as though everything must depend on you to solve. That's why the New Testament almost always follows the don't worry about this with an injunction to instead pray about this. Here Paul offers the antidote to anxiety. Pray. The discipline of prayer, he insists, is the answer to worry, the way to clarity of mind and heart. We read in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Supplication is a type of prayer. It's the focused action of asking or begging for something earnestly or humbly, as one would do on their knees. To pray or petition in all humility. So, supplications aren't those quick prayers at dinner time or bedtime. In a supplication, you ask God for something from a place of humility and desperation from an acute awareness of inferiority and need. Humility is crucial to answered prayers. Every time Jesus encountered humble, desperate people, he immediately met their needs. In Mark 5 alone, Jesus heals the demon-possessed man, raises Jairus' daughter from the dead, and eradicates a woman's 12-year hemorrhage. None of these requests were too hard or too demanding for him. He willingly met them with compassion and power. When we're humble before God, we acknowledge our sinful condition as well as God's holiness. Humble people pray with right motives. You can see what wrong motives are by reading James chapter 4 verses 1 to 3. Humble people will pray on behalf of other people. We will believe in God's wisdom and timing because we won't presume to understand God's overarching plan. Remember Jeremiah 29, 11. Supplication arms us with the strength and courage to suffer and wait while we ask for relief. If we're truly humble, we will ask in faith and continue to believe even when life doesn't turn out like we had hoped. The bottom line is this. We're taught not to worry. Well, we do it anyway. The question is, what can we do about it? I suggest three things. First, we can expose worry for what it is, a meaningless activity which is a lack of faith and is a sin. The second is to make a clear distinction between worry and concern. Concern leads to positive action, but worry doesn't consider the fact that there is no situation which God cannot reverse. Few of us are strangers to worry and anxiety. It creeps in over big and little things, gnawing away at our insides. Worry is a choking, harmful emotion that saps your energy and elevates human strength and ingenuity above God's strength and His purposeful plan. Triggers of worry include change, lack of understanding, and lack of control over your life. Worry opens the door to worldliness, that is, 
preoccupation with the things of this life going off the course of your plan. When you worry, you assume responsibility for things you were never intended to handle. Jesus repeatedly taught, do not worry, even about the basic essentials of life. Worry divides your mind between useful and hurtful thinking. Worrying does not change a thing except to draw your focus away from God and his faithfulness and righteousness to concerns about the things of life, such as possessions and material goods as we read in today's opening text. The third thing is, yep, you guessed it, pray. If you're a follower of the Lord, Jesus promised peace in John 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. He spoke these comforting words of the giving of his peace on the most difficult night he faced on this earth, the night before his crucifixion. That peace can be a constant experience of every Christian, even in the midst of trials. The Apostle Paul tells us how. He says to experience God's peace instead of anxiety, pray with thankfulness about every concern. There are three key words in these verses that reveal the theme. Anxious, prayer, and peace. Being anxious is the problem, so we're told to put it off. Prayer is the procedure we are told to practice. Peace is the product we are promised by God. We must put off anxiety, which is sin. Be anxious for nothing. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus made it clear that anxiety stems from a lack of faith and from a wrong focus on the things of this world instead of on the kingdom of God in Matthew 6, especially verses 30 and 33. If we excuse our anxieties by saying, well, it's only human, or anybody would feel anxious in this situation, we will not overcome it because we are not confronting the root cause of it, namely our sin of not believing God and of not seeking first his kingdom and righteousness. It is imperative that we learn to experience the peace of God, especially in the face of trials. I saw an ad online the other day from a Christian bookseller titled, The Christian Atheist, Believing in God, But Living as if He Doesn't Exist. Well, that title is food for thought. We don't want that to describe us. But it should cause us to reflect on the depth of our faith and our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and how our life reflects this, especially in times of trials, because that's when our true beliefs rise to the surface. May we take the words of our Lord Jesus seriously through faith and trust in him and pray when he tells us not to worry. 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. May God forgive us for our weak faith in the times we have worried.
ignoring his care and concern, his love, and his power to change our situation and our lives.